<laughs> all right, we're back. Yes, we're back. Yeah, we're, but we're Hugh fans, so we're all... I'm kind of the part part of the cult of Cornette. Again, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a big fan. I love hearing his perspective. I love to the point where he's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not in the business anymore. I'm going to say whatever I want. You know, and I just remember, I, Mario, I told you this story. I don't know if I told this guy's story. That he, he booked us, right? And we got in there, and we were going to actually wrestle and he had a plan to make us a tag team and then at the last second they decided to split him up and then he was just leaning in the wall it's like fuck it i don't know just guys you go out there and just do what you want <laughs> and you can just tell it's like oh okay he got now we know why that he was getting his ideas were getting squashed all the time and not protecting him but that's what wwe turned into and they they too have been up and down up and down and i feel like they're in a little bit of an up wrestlemania Got thumbs up. I think we're all pretty happy with it. WrestleMania 38, if you're keeping track at home. Two nights in AT&T Stadium in the Big D, Dallas, Texas. And this was this pay-per-view's WrestleMania backlash with the idea is hooked, just so you know, that yeah. this is going to be... They used to call it the WrestleMania Revenge Tour. That stuff that happened at WrestleMania, this is the backlash from it. So, And they threw the name in it. It used to be called Backlash. Now it's called WrestleMania Backlash. So... This is the revenge matches of everything uh, that happened at WrestleMania. Along. Yeah. It is the it is the the people like it's like a telenovelas like no telenovelas end wrestling never ends. Yeah, right? it sounds so, like it. Mike, so I so just so Mario hasn't watched it yet. Hook you I did not watch it. You did not watch break it. it down for me. Yeah. So Mike, you did you watched it cuz we were texting back yep. and forth, right? So JJ so, says it's an awful name, WrestleMania Backlash. I agree, it's yeah, dumb. It is a terrible name. It they, sounds so stretched out. Like WrestleMania is supposed to be the show of the year. Yeah. You really just don't even know it. So It just sounds like they're making more than one WrestleMania. Like, you know, like yeah. it's, they're divvying up into smaller parts. And they they and they don't need to it's called it, WrestleMania. It's already tough that it's going in two nights because they've already backed themselves into a corner. Now they have to. They're never going to have that sellout, but it's still a pretty big crowd. But this is these little sub-super shows are not... They don't feel as special as they probably should. Be, should. You know, it just feels like more of a super show for television. So we're going to go through match by match. If you guys are ready, WrestleMania Backlash. So we started off hot. Curtain jerk right out of the gate. Cody Rhodes defeated Seth freaking Rollins pinfall 20 minutes, 45 seconds, clean finish. This was part two of their match matches after coming off a hot surprise match because no one knew Cody was coming back to WWE. And I thought this was a great match. Cody, I was telling you right now, he might be my favorite wrestler just because right now, because he's living cafe. Like if you watch him on the Broken Skull podcast, Mike, I don't know if you've seen that yet, but he just there is no this is my character and then this is me. It's mm-hmm. Cody all day long, and that's what always made the magic work with pro wrestling. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen the Broken Skulls podcast in full, but I I understand the angle that they're taking with Cody Rhodes. Um and and I love it. Like the the match between him and Rollins. The only thing that I will say is that putting that match at the at the top, um, that's that's more risky than I think they even understand at this point. Um, they're 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 really lucky that people hung out past that because that was the match I was tuning in to see. 
Yeah, no, I this could this easily could have been the main event. This could have been at the top of the card. This show had basically two different matches that could have been placed at the main event, but I do appreciate and understand that they wanted to start off with a hot match. Mike, are you surprised <laughs> that Seth Rollins basically did the honors for Cody two pay-per-views in a row? No, not at all, because Seth Rollins is a long-term player. Yeah, He wants to lose to Cody Rhodes two times in a row so that when Cody Rhodes is there and Roman Reigns is in Hollywood, Seth Rollins becomes the top star. Right. Good point. Yeah, right. I totally agree. Like, uh, uh, the all, <laughs> like, name a top guy in the company right now that Seth Rollins hasn't jobbed out to. Yeah, good point. You're right. Can I sidetrack this podcast for a second? Yeah, go what for it. What movie is Roman Reigns going to be in? What is Hollywood going to put Roman Reigns in? I mean, like, I, I don't, I'm not sure that I see him being a Hollywood star. Like, what is it going to be? A- like, is he going to do Kindergarten Cop? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I, I think Kindergarten Cop is like, you're giving him too much credit. I'm seeing like <laughs> Skyscraper 2, Walking Tall 3, right? <laughs> like, that's he's going to go there because he thinks he's the biggest guy in the room right now. Of course, he's going to go there. He's not going to do anything for years unless James Gunn hires him. Here's the thing because, wow. like, if you yeah. think about and you think about like Arnold Schwarzenegger or you think about The Rock or you think about someone like Cena, you put him, you put him in some khakis and a, and a short sleeve button up, and oh, they're the Applebee's manager, and that's a wacky comedy, right? Like, you can do anything <laughs> with it. What are you going to put Roman Reigns in? That he can, you know, play a straight man like that. He kind of, you know, he looks like kind of like, like Sons of Anarchy. All right, all right. But, okay. If you want Roman Reigns to be a megastar, you put him in Suburban Commando 2. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you think he's going to worry about calling in favors for, from his cousin, right? Possibly because Rock, he already he was in uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Hook, do you know who Roman Reigns is? I have no oh. idea. All right, let me put up a picture. Y'all keep talking. <laughs> Roman Reigns comes from the Anoya family. That's basically wrestling royalty of the Samoan kind. Okay, that traces all the way back to the '60s with High Chief Peter Maivia. But his father is one of the wild Samoans from the '70s and early '80s, Afa and Sika. And Sika was his dad. So there's something about this Anoi family. If you can, you can t- trace the lineage. They have a lot. I don't of know if you can see that hook, and, but that, that's Roman Reigns. He's the he's the WWE champion. Oh, dude, he's got kind of a rock tattoo thing going on too. Yeah, so yeah, JJ says Roman Reigns get cast in all the movies, the sequel movies to The Rock that The Rock does, <laughs> like totally. the straight to video ones. <laughs> that is a good start. I mean, it it could yeah. be done. I mean, did we ever expect? Batista to be the second or third. I mean, I guess it's argued whether he's the second or third biggest breakout in Hollywood. I mean, John Cena, I'm really not surprised because he looks like Matt Damon found the weight room, but (laughs) no, but Mike was right. He, he, He called it James Gunn is we, and we've talked about this before, Jeff, James Gunn is the, the best director to book pro wrestlers. Like he, he gets them over, in everything he did yeah you're right because if he got batista over and he got john i mean john cena as peacemaker john cena was a scene stealer in a lot of 
just cameos, right? Whether it's Daddy's Home 2 or the movie with Liz Lemon. I can't think of it. Where... <laughs> right. but, but, but he was like, he actually built his career on those cameos, right? Because he was the father to that like annoying Nickelodeon kid or Disney kid. I don't remember what it was that like John Cena was the dad to uh, single syllable name. Disney movie kid. I, I, <laughs> loop, loop, loop. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember what it was, but uh, but I feel like that proved that John Cena isn't like just an asshole. And James Gunn took that energy to the next level. He made Batista a star out of nothing. Um, uh, like. <laughs> Yeah, it did come out Roman of Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns can make more money being less famous in Hollywood than by being the top guy in WWE. And make no mistake, he is the top guy. This is the first time in a long time they finally listened to him to like make him, you know, let him become a heel and now it's the hottest act in a long time to the point where just I think they're going to be letting him break that record. As far as like the longest reigning champion, he's not, he's not going to come close to Bruno or Pedro or even Bob Backlund, but I think they don't even mention punk. So I think he'll beat punks. I think he's already beaten punks so, record. So it's going to be interesting to see how that play it out. But with Cody, I feel like finally, and just so you know, hook, I don't know, you know, you know, the American dream, dusty Rhodes. You remember him hard times, daddy. Seven. No. I got my pretty, pretty pink princess phone right here. I'm gonna call up Elvis. Elvis, hello. You got Dylan Monroe on the line. Yeah, sure. Yes. Well, the good news is there's a, a documentary that's coming out that's basically being endorsed and assisted by Cody Rhodes. That's going to be all about the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, but another cool. wrestling legend. He wasn't getting a fair shake in WWE. He left. He traveled the indie circuits. He decided somebody went online and said, nobody can ever put 10,000 seats in this building. Cody Rhodes out of nowhere said, I'll take that bet. Hmm. Next thing you know, bing, bang, boom. They book a show. They're selling out buildings. They're, and he finds a money guy, basically the guy, the son of the person, who Shad Khan, Tony Khan, they own the Jacksonville Jaguars billionaires oh yeah they get them back on tnt with a new company set so cody basically founded the competition brought in brian danielson brought in cm punks bringing in all these names created like real competition again where people are talking having a brand alternative they don't give cody what he wants with his contract so he waits for his contract and he goes back to wwe after just creating their competition that's wild this is real. This is what this is what makes wrestling beautiful. Huh. It's this is a real story playing out because now you have an EVP who started your competition jump back to you and now has all this knowledge of all the contracts of the dates when the wrestlers go out, the money that they're making. Yeah. But at the same time, he just wants to do right by his dad because you know what? There's a show that happened in the seventies. They had a squash, uh, a, a schmage finish. Dusty said he had the win, but he couldn't win the belt. So now he's making it like personal that I really want to have this belt for my dad because it's real to me yeah. that it's that's honored. So it's like there's a real story that's playing out. And for once, WWE's not leaning into the 
corny stuff, they're leading into the real story, which is making this so compelling. Hmm. Like so, this so guy, it's like a dramatization of yeah, reality. Exactly. It's just like That's this cool. really happened. I created your competition, but I want to come back because I want to honor, honor my father's name. That's so interesting how it mirrors reality yeah. in that way. And that's what it's working so well. So I think with this, they finally created somebody that hasn't, there hasn't been really anybody that you felt like in the past two years that's not named Brock Lesnar that could beat Cody, uh, that could beat Roman Reigns. And the only reason Brock Lesnar is because, again, they blended reality with the fantasy because Brock Lesnar, everybody knows he went to the UFC and he mm. won the title in quote unquote real fighting, shoot fighting. So he always just walking in the building. He's on their giant. They're like, oh my God, that's Brock Lesnar. Mm -hmm. They didn't have that with anybody else because everybody else felt like a character. Right. And that doesn't, I don't want to feel like I'm watching a character. I want to feel like I'm watching the honky tonk man because I this guy really thinks he's Elvis. Mm. I want to believe that. So now they have Cody Rhodes who's just had, he's, every match he's had so far has been great and all his promos have been great. Right, but let me, there is there's one thing we are leaving out here and that's the fact that Roman Reigns was the John Cena of this era until he announced that he had leukemia. And oh, he was yes. being pushed, 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 put in the main event, put in the main event, winning, winning, winning. Everyone hated him, he was getting booed. He had a relapse of leukemia that made him leave the ring for a while. And when he came back, he was a face uh, after being a heel, no matter what they tried to do. Hmm. And at that stage, Vince and the WWE tried to take control and, and say, this is where we're going to go. And Roman said, you know, um, I feel like we have something here. We have to do like I have to be flexible enough to react to the fans and I have to be able to control the narrative here. I will only come back to the WWE if I came back after everyone just hating him, no matter what he did. And he came up with this head of the table gimmick that he was the head of the table. He is the leader of this industry. And um, it's, it's because of his lineage, but it's also because of his push and it's also because of his natural talent. And that's something that no one else has ever really had the flexibility and the capability to bring to wrestling where you're blending like the intentions of the business, the intentions of your family history and the intentions of the individual. And so that's kind of created this perfect storm for Roman to have a character that is the most over in wrestling because everything he does is part of a long-term story where you hated him for 10 years before you fell in love with him because he left and then really fell in love with him once he showed you his true self. Can I just sidetrack the podcast for a second? Yeah. Is, did Roman really get over or did they just feed him to us till we decided, he, okay, he's over? No, I think he did. I think he did when he changed it. Like when he first exposed that, like, I'm my name's not Roman Reigns. My name's Joe and I have leukemia and I have to go away for a while. That was step one of the reinvention of the Roman Reigns that was forced down your throat. And then the step mm -hmm. two that, like Mike said, when he came back, I think it threw everybody for a curveball. And then he's like, wait a minute. No, I'm not going to let them force me down. I don't need to be forced down your throat because I'm already falling down your throat because I'm bigger than your throat. 
<laughs> and that's where and that's where it came from and then all of a sudden like roman roman was over because they like appreciated that and some of the best storytelling that happened was because of all that and then you're like and you're going with me and this is my cousin you know jay uso you know i know you know him as the usos of one of the, but no he's my cousin and he's my guy and like no i'm not your guy he's like Yo, you always thought of, and then all of a sudden you're watching this family drama play out and it was like some of the best stuff and he's like i'm sorry i don't want to choke you out but i have to and then you lost and then you're like okay fine you choked me out now i'm with you and now they're hot heels and it's just like everything about it works so well and then they get paul Heyman to break away from brock lesnar and he ties together with some of roman's family from the late 80s with the samoan swat team and you're like no i know i know you brock i've known you since you're the next big thing but guess what I have a relationship with the Samoan SWAT team, that, so I've known this family my whole life. I used to take a picture of Roman's dad, the Wild Samoans, in Madison Square Garden when I was just a kid, and he he sighed with them. I was like, wow, this is all like, this is working perfectly because they're taking real life elements and mm-hmm. they're they're fluffing it up a little bit. So I think that's what's yeah. why he's getting over so well now. They're also like really bringing in the old school fans too. Exactly, and I think when you when you have that old school mentality to it, there's going to be a little bit because if, if you told if you ever brought up the word storytelling to an old school wrestler, they're going to punch you in the face. <laughs> that's the story. That's, just, that's the story it's going to tell you. Now they knew you were telling the story, and they're going to tell you story, but it's like, oh, you want to bring the story outside the ring? Okay, cool. I'm going to punch you in the face <laughs> in a bar. Like it's, it's like developing way more than I knew about. Since I watched it in middle school with The Rock and Triple H and yeah, and the that big show, and that was working so well back then because they they said let's get away from the hokey storytelling and let's mm-hmm. put a little taste of reality in there. Yeah. So, Mike, Mike, I have a question for you. Earlier we were talking about, uh, as you can see, we got we got the Hook logo behind Hook here, and uh, yes. Hook was asking us what Hook's gimmick is. <laughs> <laughs> How would you describe Hook's gimmick? Uh, I would describe Hook's gimmick as uh, first step, like part one part New Yorker. I think that's really important to his gimmick. Long Island. Um, <laughs> yes, Long Island. Well, I, his name is Hook. He's, his, his father was actually billed from Red Hook. So Hook comes from Red Hook, which was where Taz billed himself from. Uh, Red Rum is also built off of that. Uh, red Hook, Red Rum, yep. Hook, Red Hook. Huh. Um, so it's it's a very nuanced character in terms of how they built it. It's something that's built on history. Um, it's based on him being a legacy character that is not sharing a name with a legacy name. That's interesting. It doesn't have to be called Taz. He has to mm. be called another one-word thing um, that is not Taz, but is... Uh, actually very similar taz is short for tasmanian devil hook short for captain hook they're both popular personas that's what they came to the market with right um you know go ahead jeff no and i was going to add on to what you're saying taz creates an image in your mind when you say that right well hook also has you know besides like mike's absolutely right you know red hook Mm. he's from red hook there but also hook is hooker in the sense where you have a shooter in pro wrestling mm-hmm. where somebody who really knows how to fight and handle themselves. A hooker goes all the way back to, and not the oldest profession in the world, I'm talking <laughs> about a different hooker, like when the carnies would actually, before wrestling was somewhat staged, 
it was staged in the carnival tents. They would have a hooker. So if somebody came in here and tried to really challenge one of their guys that you were paying a nickel to go see mm-hmm. the strong man, it's like, I'll challenge anyone to fight him. If somebody got in there like, oh, he might be able to beat our guy, we need to send our hooker out. And this guy was basically going to be the unstoppable wrestler that he's pretty, he's the Danny Hodge. Gotcha. He's going to be the, that's what beautiful. Hoist Gracie, he's going to basically, there's going to be nothing, nobody that's going to be able to stop him because he's going to find a way to manipulate your joints. He's going to find a way to knock you out instantly. So that's the hook. So when you see the word hook, there's also that subconscious of like, this guy really knows how to handle himself. Cool. Hence, send hook because back in the carny days, oh shit, there's somebody in there that might be able to take our guy out, send the hooker. Oh, so it's a little so, bit of both. Like the closer. Yes, it's a closer. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's also a thing. Um, Hook, if if I were to, just to go back to the original question, what's his gimmick? His gimmick is, I don't give a fuck, and I'm going to kick your ass anyway. That's yeah. what I've heard so far. Yes. I've heard his whole thing is, I eat chips, I don't give a shit, and I wrestle, <laughs> and that's it. He, say, he doesn't I mean, say eating anything. Chips, eating chips, that's, that's a... You know, he's in a world of people that are three percent body fat. They're they're right. they're watching all of their intake. They're eating chicken breasts and broccoli every meal, six meals a day. He's gonna eat chips and and throw them away and and then come and 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 take you out. He just doesn't give a fuck. No, well, <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck until Dan Housing gives a fuck. Yeah, who, who's Dan Housing? Oh, Mario. oh, I have so much to learn. I'm sorry. That's not my shirt right now. That's Stan House. You're That's right. He's a ghoul. The, a ghoul? He's, he's the, a ghoul. I was talking about <laughs> He's a ghoul and he curses people. He's a YouTube, oh, he's he a has, YouTube phenom. He has too. magic. He does magic. He, he legit does. curses people and then they lose. <laughs> yeah. Who's fine? I think they finally announced that he's going to have his debut match. He's not a very big guy, but his yep. gimmick is larger than life. And Sounds like it. This is so bit like even Jim Cornette's like, I never want to see this person wrestle because I'm afraid I'll stop liking him because I love him <laughs> so much right now. And that says a lot coming from Jim Cornette to like somebody that has somewhat of a colorful gimmick Mystical. in 2022. But yeah, he throws a curse. So many at people are, are about to just deeply fall in love with Hook once he steps into the ring for the first time. I think um, yeah, I agree. I think he's going to do phenomenal. Like watching some of his matches after we chatted and watching, I was like, I think people are going to love him. Is the inevitable yeah. matchup Hook versus Orange Cassidy? I mean, they're leaning very heavily into Hookhausen right now, where it's just going to be Danhausen and Hook as a team. But you do wonder if they're going to have to eventually have to have Orange Cassidy and Hook. Uh, and Dan Housen cross paths somehow. I mean, they have to, like, there has to be an Orange Cassidy and Hook type of thing, or Hook and Orange Cassidy's characters are just so deeply related. Um, I was going to say when I was describing Hook earlier that he's kind of like Orange Cassidy if Orange Cassidy was raised by cats. (laughs) And Hook, just so you know, Orange Cassidy is another wrestler Mm. who also just doesn't care. Oh, yeah. But in a very different way. (laughs) (laughs) He eats pretzels. (laughs) He barely kicked you. Basically, his fighting fighting style is the way of the sloth. The way of the... Yeah, so he will just... That's a great way to describe it. It's it's like if, if drunken kung fu was based on not giving a fuck. Yeah. 
It is a little bit of drunken master, right? Yeah, it's definitely right. Drunken, yeah, it's drunken, drunken master. master. He's too. he's coming in. He's putting his hands in his pockets because he just doesn't care. Right, and in front then of your he's face. ready to fight. Yeah, ah. he puts his hands in his pocket right before the fight starts. That's how little yeah. he cares. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it's very and yeah, they. I mean, they got the Pixies. They paid for like they licensed like legit music, and these guys are super. And they're not big guys, but man, they are larger than life characters hmm. and. They don't feel like they're playing characters, and that's why I feel like it works so well. Like, you never see any of these guys at a character, so it feels very 80s. Like, oh, man. And I would put Hook, Orange Cassidy, Danhausen. They're in that group that it just, it I mean, just they're, works. They're in that group, but there is a distinction. And that distinction is, uh, it goes to that. So, Hook, recently there was a promo where uh, Danhausen was trying to get the AEW hook to, to, to fight him. And the way he did that was hook was walking in, uh, doing an interview and everyone knows that hook doesn't say a thing. He doesn't respond to interviews, doesn't answer questions or anything like that. And they turned the corner and Dan Housen was standing there with empty bags of chips and like broken chips all over the ground. And, and he just said, Ooh, this is, this is what you think. This is what you need. Your powerful chips. <laughs> and, and and as he was doing that like looking him in the face like hook comes over and he like pushes him up against the wall and he's like you want my attention you got it now and it sounded like the intro to like a nas album yeah uh, uh, oh, man. what is what is the rationale here it's kind of funny because they're putting Hook in his first angle with the creepy ghoul. Not like, not like you know. I agree. I thought it was a, I thought it was a little risky because I was just like, especially when they said I want to fight. I was like, these guys are way mega over. Like, are you going to split the crowd right out of it? But then you realize there was a long play going on, and the crowd is already yeah. like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. And they started the chant, Hookhausen, Hookhausen. So maybe he's gonna, they're going to start a faction rather than fight each other, or maybe they're going to fight each other, then start a faction, hmm. which again, it, uh, but it I can, I like my take on it is this team. Hell no team. RK bro team Hookhausen. Yeah. That's how you create stars today. That's a good point. You make people laugh at them and then they prove themselves. And that's a good way to put it because the teams that you just mentioned are, Tag teams can get over as tag teams together, but the ones you just mentioned are all over by themselves and over as a team at the same time. And one younger guy and one older guy. Danhausen, even though he's younger in the context of AEW, is the guy that's there to teach Hook how to be an entertainer. How to connect with the audience, man. how you get him there, yes. Have people care about what you're doing, not just what you can do, have them care what you're right. doing, and that's when you win. That's when you start making the big money. Hook, we'll show you some Hook clips after the show. Yeah, you'll, you'll so you win. can leave with some context. I know it's just kind of like... You like said show him some like Dan Housen clips, too, man. Uh, yeah, yeah no, I got a lot of Googling to do tonight. You got to follow Dan Housen <laughs> on YouTube and just watch his vlog, and then you'll, you're good to go. It's, also, it's I just great. need to say, we need to continue to have segments where we have people on the show that don't watch pro wrestling, and we describe it to them, yeah. because it's, that's, like the, that's like the coolest shit. Yeah, and it feels like... Yeah. And we're getting you excited, right? We're just yeah, we're, we're no, pitching I'm you to watch it. Genuinely curious now. 
Man, and it's good. And tonight's AEW, and right now they're in, in Long Island. And just if you if you watched, and I, I think Punk is, you know, in Long Island, Punk's a heel, so he's wearing an Islanders jersey of a guy who got traded <laughs> from the Islanders. So he's basically like, I'm going to be a scumbag because you guys are going to cheer for MJF. Awesome. Jeff is going to be upset after the I'm show. I'm going to be very whatever, upset. Whatever comes out about the Islanders <laughs> yeah. tonight. I mean, they didn't even make the playoffs this year. I mean, And that's a shoot. Did. He's going to be upset. Yeah, because it's just like, why does he have to be a... A heel in Long Island, just because they're going to cheer for MJF, they might still cheer for you. So it's just like, well, screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to take a crap on your hockey team. And it's like, <laughs> then you're definitely going to boo so, me. I mean, the Islanders. Oh man, I I feel like uh, opening of Mallrats playing on Sega Genesis. <laughs> we never beat the Canucks. That's the thing that sticks in my head. <laughs> um, but. Uh, so two things here. Uh, no, sh- I mean, shoot, Danhausen is my favorite wrestler right now. I I really deeply relate to him. Pretty, pretty good, pretty good, <laughs> pretty evil, pretty good, pretty evil, pretty pretty good, pretty good, very like, nice, very evil. It sounds like Larry David. It's I a little it. bit. I love it. It's a little bit. Hmm? No, That's, no. So he said it sounded like Larry David. I was like, ah. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, could, he, yeah. he's, he's kind of kind of Larry David. But uh, anyway, Dan circling back <laughs> around to um, WWE Backlash. Uh, yes, which, let's go back to. So which somehow getting... oddly is what we were talking about. We were, man. That was good. Not too long ago. <laughs> That's what always happens, right? We just end up we're on a we're on the super highway and then we're on a dirt road. But it's a beautiful dirt road. So, but it's all in the same market. So it's good. It's going to be the same pod when we're all done. So let's jump to match two. Which is Omos. We're only on match two. I know we're only on match two. <laughs> <laughs> we're only on match two. The good news is there are only six matches, so we don't oh, have God. a lot to go to. But we got Omos. He's basically the Nigerian giant. He's about seven. He's definitely he's like seven three. He's a big dude. Uh, rematch against Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley beat him at Mania. Really, nothing of note happened here other than Omos beat bobby lashley so they had a 50 50 booking there on mike i don't I know skipped, if there's i skipped that match i i yeah i literally went and watched youtube for 15 minutes <laughs> thinking that i could come back and still catch the promos for the next match yeah and it was the, it was the the second shortest match of the other yeah the second shortest match of the night nothing happened of it other than mvp is a you know just a solidifying that he's against bobby lashley so nothing big uh next match was edge Defeated AJ Styles. Mm. So this was big just because Damian Priest recently had a little bit of a, a heel turn as well. And Edge, I bl- Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe you, you had a better name for them than the name that they gave them. <laughs> yeah, they call themselves Judgment Day, but they're led by Edge. And their whole gimmick is wearing dark clothes and being vampires. So I think WWE missed a big opportunity to call them the edge lords yeah. it's like that, that was like i i was like you should just tweet it and tag them because there's just no way yeah, they're right? going to come up with something on, better and, lords, and they did it and priest and edge <laughs> yeah there's really nothing that came from this i don't like i the only Rhea. Rhea, oh that that happened on raw oh yeah i guess that i mean it was related because that they happened in backlash oh that no, was backlash. backlash oh yeah. for some reason I she came out she was hooded she had she had she had a hood up Yes. She had dark over her face, and AJ Styles was up on the corner trying to jump off, do some karate kid ass shit. <laughs> and she came in, she pulled his leg, he fell. Everyone, everyone on the commentary team was like, "Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Who is he? What is he doing?" And it's obviously a woman because Rhea Ripley is like a very large woman with 
curbs. Yeah. And uh, so eventually she, she kind of uncloaked herself and it was Rhea Ripley and they all did this together and it was a party. <laughs> yeah. And so their Judgment Day has their first official female member. So we got Edge leading Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley, who both were feel they were disenchanted and misled by the fans and the other wrestlers. So now they're heels and they got the nice purple color and yeah, there it was yep. good though. I, I'm a fan. I I like that because they really weren't doing anything of note with Damian Priest, and they kept fumbling around with Rhea Ripley as well. So I do like the idea of taking Edge and helping to get these two over because they should be over. I mean, Mario. I mean, they actually hinted to his name. Remember, it was Punisher Martinez was his name on the indie circuit. But Mike, what is like they're using. They're saying, pun- like, is that the name of his finishing hold now or something? They're acknowledging it. No, I think Edge is giving everyone one name name. Oh, so yeah. I think it's like the Punisher and the Eradicator. My take on it is that Edge is going to build a four horsemen of the apocalypse and that he's going to be like the sentient force that guides the four horsemen of the apocalypse to, to, to carry out Judgment Day. Hmm. Yeah, that might be the way they're going. So it's a little bit more. So it's like the Eradicator, it's in the, Bible. And the Punisher, <laughs> and... the Fifth Horseman. <laughs> I really thought, you know, Mike called it like right before he's like, Mike's like, I really feel like this is a spot for somebody to do a run in. And naturally, I thought it'd be Finn Balor, you know, because he has history with AJ and he's been doing run ins. I was like, so everyone wants him to team with AJ, get, you know, a Bullet Club reunion. But I thought there would be a swerve and he's going to come out because he has a persona where he's a demon. So I thought that's what was going to happen. I've seen him before. Oh, yeah. He paints his body. Paints, yeah. Yeah. So I thought they were going to do a demon and he was going to be part of it. But no, the, the swerve was he came out to help AJ in a non-demon form. And then Rhea, <laughs> Rhea Ripley was the run-in on that. And I mentioned this to Jeff. I like So Rhea Ripley did her run-in and both Finn and Damian Priest had already appeared. So I, I feel like the tension in that spot would have been much higher if there wasn't a run-in, we hadn't seen Damian Priest, we hadn't seen Finn Balor, all we've seen is a masked, hooded figure, and it could literally be Rhea Ripley, Tommaso Ciampa, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, but by showing them and, and saying, no, it's not any of these guys, before you do your run-in, it feels like they really cut themselves off on the knees in terms of like what kind of excitement that Suspense. moment is going to build. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Because, yeah, that's another, I mean, they could probably do something with Tommaso and make that work. So I'm excited for it. Edge, you know, Edge came back and he had his original baby face pop. People are happy to see him. I feel like he's getting more long-term pops with that brood type entrance. So this is their way of leaning into it. It's like, well, it's brood, but it's not brood. Because I feel like brood, they never really touched. And uh, Hook, just so you know, brood was basically the Lost Boys in the nineties of just cool. the, and they actually had the vampire kind of leading them. So they were these vampires. They came out to fire. So they're leaning into that heel That's version cool. of that. So I think I remember edge too. Was edge like an, Oh yeah. Somewhat older wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. Edge yeah. Was a, yeah mm-hmm. If you were watching in the night in your middle school, that yeah. was edge time. Okay. Yeah, right Edge, Edge was there, so yeah, he's. Back. Hey, we hadn't shown uh, Hook's graphics yet. I oh yeah, let's check Hook's on, yeah. graphics. Yeah, throw them up. That's on our Titan Tron. Look at that. We <laughs> <laughs> should have used that way earlier in the show. I for- completely forgot about it. Oh yeah. Just have the graphic up. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff in there. Oh yeah, trippy. 
Whoa. That reminds me of the scene in Time Whoa. Bandits. Where is the book? Where is the book? All right. Uh, next match. We got three more matches. We'll we'll build. So the next match, uh, Hook Yoga. You're gonna know both of these names, I believe. Uh, Ron, Rowdy Ronda Rousey. You know her from UFC days. Yes. Yes. So she's actually a WWE performer now. I think I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. So she actually defeated Charlotte Flair, daughter of the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Woo! Oh, really? Yeah. So she's. She's got pedigree, but she won. She beat her in an I Quit match. And the thing about the Ronda Rousey matches is, a lot of people don't like her because mm-hmm. she's very sloppy with her wrestling. And the pro- and it's not a problem if you look at it from. She really brings a sense of danger. Like she might hurt somebody oh. <laughs> because she really gets too much into it. And I feel like she can easily. Oops! I snapped your arm. Oops! Ouch! So. I don't know, Mike, if you if you agree or Mario, if that's how you feel. Like I don't, I don't think you're a Ronda. You're not a Ronda guy, right? Me? Yeah. Um. I. Yeah. I guess not. Not really. I don't really. I feel like she kind of like stands out as far as in professional wrestling. She doesn't blend into it well. No. She <laughs> just. She just feels awkward in it. You She's know. Very awkward. Yeah. It comes off as very dangerous because I was like, I would be afraid to be body slammed by her because I feel like she's going to put you through the mat. Yeah. And I always thought they I, were going to. I feel like. Good, Mike. Yeah. They just need to they need to lean in on that as her gimmick. Yes. She shouldn't be the baddest woman alive. She the most awkward wrestler alive. Um <laughs> I, that would like fit it a lot more and she should be able like she should have a character that like they haven't done a team hell no moment with Ronda Rousey. And that's what they need to do. They need to Ooh, make yeah. her human by making her like the butt of a joke. And she's always just been like the biggest badass that is out there. Um, yeah, that's a pet peeve of mine. Everybody can't be a badass. She doesn't even strike me as someone who would be down with that. No, and that's the you problem. Know? I don't think she is. I think she wants to go out there and be the badass because she came up. You know, she won medals in judo and she mm-hmm. won the UFC title, so she's never really been the butt of any kind of jokes. But in in wrestling, you know, Kurt Angle, who's an Olympic gold medal winner in that's wrestling, right, yeah. with a broken freaking neck. He got over because he put on the little cowboy hat and he started singing mm-hmm. and, you know, he worked with Edge to be the butt of the joke. And it didn't take away from any of his skills. Everyone knew he can still, like, if, the, yeah. if he would be the hooker of, you know, twen- you know the when he wrestled, he would be the guy that you'd send in there to fight somebody. So yeah. if Ronda did that, I agree, Mike. I think that would really help her get over. Because I feel like the best she did was her and Shayna Baszler in the Royal rumble when they were kind of like bumping fists and showing that they were real friends. That's the most we got to see right. her humanized. but this match was stiff, man. Woof was stiff. Like those kendo shots. And you saw the Insta welts. People are like, Oh, look at that. They must put red paint on there. It's like, no, that's, that is a, <laughs> that is a welt because she hits really, really hard with the stick. Yikes. Yeah. So, but you got the belt back. For, as, as they said, bitch, on camera so many times. Oh my god, yes. Um like sometimes they set it into the microphone and I feel like about halfway through that match, Ronda Rousey had probably called Charlotte a bitch to her face like twenty times. Easily, and yes. it really felt like they just didn't like each other. Um yeah. uh, that that they're too similar in their respective like actual industries. Um, that Ronda is the Charlotte Flair of UFC, and so they're just always going to hate each other. Mm. Much better match than their WrestleMania match, but um, 
I, I, I honestly did think that this was going to be the Barry Ronda Rousey match because she's just been so bad since she came back. Yeah, she definitely struggled since she came back. And it was an I quit match, so hook so you know, an I quit match is literally, mm-hmm. instead of tapping out, the ref's going to hold a microphone in your face and you have to say <laughs> I quit as they were trying to tap you out. So that's why we got a lot of those audibles of dropping F-bombs and calling her a bitch. That's incredible. Yes. <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, the There I- was one point in the match where Charlotte was like, ask her. And she's like... No, bitch! I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna quit. And she's like, "Ask her again." And Ron was like, "No, bitch!" And then I like, feel like again. wrestlers should only say "hell" and "ass," and that's it. They shouldn't use any other curse words. No, no, not Ron. again. Ronda's the the baddest mom on the planet, so that's what she's gonna do. She's gonna do so. But it was a stiff right, match. We're gonna, if we're gonna mention moms in wrestling. You see that uh, that Oscar promo on on Becky? Oh yes, Oscar had a return. you. You gave me the belt to go be a mom, yes. but now you the baby. Yeah. Oh, I love Oscar, and I was so happy to hear that music. And she got a nice pop, and that promo had the awkward because she English is not her first language she's Japanese and she's like her English is very select words so the way way it came across that the word she do know she does know the way she delivered it it was great and then she did the the week before she just did a thumper in the nose like I'm gonna stop you boop and it's just like (laughs) man it's just like wow this is this is good stuff you would like Asuka very colorful she has the Joseph and the Technicolor dream coat for her for her ring garb and she has like colored tears coming down her face. She, she has a great YouTube page where she cooks. Yes. That's cool. She's a human, you know, I feel like a lot of people are doing this in this day and age that are, they're almost trying to become anime characters like to make. Oh their, yeah. That's a thing. And Asuka is <laughs> leading the charge. What is I was like, wait, what is that behind you? (laughs) Which is a little bit of a callback because we were just talking about your Halloween dance. Yeah. And now there's another Halloween dance. Creepy, scary skeleton dancing all around. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. That looks really good, too. Your graphics are on point, Mark. Yeah, man. Graphics today work really well. (laughs) Where'd you get dabbing skeletons? Oh man, it makes me. I'm re- I'm ready for Halloween. I, am I just googled dabbing skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> so the next match was uh, Happy Corbin versus Madcap Moss. Yeah, right? yep. Yeah, this was my YouTube moment. I mean, this is when I I checked out and nothing. I, look, Corbin can work, and I just I don't know. This this is just not. This feels like too much people playing characters. Yeah, totally. I mean, they're gonna bring they're gonna bring back Madcap Moss in four years and call him like Hadcap Ross or something, <laughs> and say that he's the younger brother of Madcap Moss. Oh man! Um, so it's really hard to invest in characters like that. No, and yeah, and this is Corbin's like third or fourth character. It's just it's it's he's a great wrestler. That's the thing. And both of them, and and Madcap Moss has a good look. But I mean, just like they were better together, but now that they're fighting each other and you're not really invested in either, it's just like okay. Uh, but I guess this was the cool down match between Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, and the main event, which is the Bloodline. So Jeff, how would you sequence these matches? Like, okay, so main event happened. It was a fine main event. No belts on the line. 
six-man tag, right? Like taking that into consideration, we'll probably talk about it more a little bit later. How would you have sequenced the order of these matches? Honestly, the only thing I would have done different is I would have flip-flopped Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. I would have made that the main event, and I would have made the Bloodline versus uh, Drew McIntyre and RK Bro. I would have made that the match before. I understand the Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin. I probably would have left that as a cool-down match, but I probably honestly would have put that in the pre-show. I don't think that would have even made the the pay-per-view if I would have booked it, and I would have did Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, fair. Definitely would have switched those matches, not had this exact match set. What I probably would have done would be Ronda and Charlotte as the opener, because that's going to get the most social media buzz. That's going to get the most people talking, most people sharing. So get people talking about Ronda Rousey, and maybe they're going to tune in. Um, they would still be hanging out for the Rollins and Cody match at that stage. Yeah. So I'd go... I'd go Charlotte Ronda, which nobody really cared about, but was better than what people expected. The next one I would go with, then I would do Corbin and Moss, because that was the worst match of the night. Yep. After that, I would probably do uh, Edge and um, AJ. Then I would have done Omos and... Uh, Lashley, then I would have done the six-man tag, and I would have had Cody and Rollins as the main event. Yeah, I mean, there's no way that 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 didn't feel like a main event, and I feel like they've been leveraging Seth freaking Rollins in that sense where, you know, he's the first time that he did a curtain jerk and went over for the title in WrestleMania, and I feel like they're leaning into that, and the whole thing with the curtain jerk is just they want it to be the hottest match and looking at that card, they probably said, okay, this is going to be the guys that actually are going to get nitty-gritty and go. But you're right. It's almost a disservice because it was so good, and it was main event level. And every, people already, you know, Dave LaGreca is already talking about this is like, he sees this being a Flair Steamboat-type series where he wants them, them to have more matches. And I'm already ready for Cody to make a run at the belt, but I can... Now, so what do you... What about... What if WrestleMania is Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes has money in the bank? Oh, wow. Yeah, that'd be good. That's that's what I see. I see Cody definitely getting the adding to the intrigue of state, you know, hook. So, you know, remember we're talking about he wants to save his father's legacy. He wants to add to his father's legacy so you can get mm-hmm. this money in the bank. You can win it, which basically you're going to get a contract. That means you can try to win the title anytime you want. You just got to run in, hand the contract. You can do it after somebody lost the match. You can run in, oh. hand in the contract, and you can fight for it. So, How many matches are left, Joe? Uh, right then and there. That was the last one. one. Yeah, the one. Yeah, we already did it, basically. That was the end. <laughs> yeah, Don't even was, talk about the main event. Yeah, the bloodline, you know, they went over on Drew McIntyre and RK Bro. Uh, Drew, Drew needs a makeover. You know, the Scottish warrior. We went from the Scottish psychopath to I have a sword named Angela. So it's just like I don't know if that's working for me, but it was a good match. It's just the storytelling, just like okay, the bloodline continues to dominate. Then why did you burn this at the main event? Because I wanted to see Ronda hold up the belt, or Cody said one more step closer to my legacy. But instead, you just the bloodline continues to dominate, which I'm fine with. But it just didn't need to be the main event. RK Bro, just so you know, is the Jess Spicoli 
of WWE, <laughs> you know, fast times at Richmond High, bro. Cool. And he and he tamed. There's basically. nothing wrong with enjoying a little pizza on That's our right. time. <laughs> Learning about Cuba, having some food. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he tamed basically the Viper, who's a you know could strike RKO. You've probably seen the memes RKO out of, out of nowhere. Yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah. Yeah. So they were they're they're a they. They're the odd couple that won the tag team titles. So I can, they're definitely all main event level, but they could have, this card could have done well to rejigger their order because the matches were all pretty good. I mean, I didn't have any, you know, the ones, the Mad Cat Moss, Happy Corbin, probably like I said, that was the thumbs down. But all in all, it was a good show, but it doesn't have that same coming off of WrestleMania. There's always a little bit of steam that's lost. All right. Yeah, I was surprised at how much the dirt sheets enjoyed this show. Yeah. Honestly, um, the web seemed to hold it up as a very nice wrestling spectacle, and yeah, and maybe it was, but yeah. I feel like they just could have done a lot more. Exactly. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. It's all on Peacock, though. So you just pay your five ninety nine, and we'll see how it goes. So. I have Peacock. You have Peacock. There you go, all man. Right. Watch Firestar. I just keep getting the hook for the graphics. Why didn't we bring these in way earlier? Yeah, these graphics. <laughs> I think that's that's a perfect way to, to end the show. I mean.